All right, so we're in Revelation chapter 21, and um, I've already given you two lessons in 21. This will be the third and the final, and then we'll move on to chapter 22. 22 is the last chapter. We're done with the book of Revelation after that chapter. I don't yet know how, much, how many lessons are in that, but I've pretty much made my decision that I'm going to go into 1 Corinthians after this. Now, 1 Corinthians has the biggest section in Scripture about tongues, which is one of the most controversial issues in the body of Christ today. I'm going to teach on it. But that means I'm going to get some people mad, and I'm going to offend people. Because what, at the verse side I'm on, there's another side. And so I'm going to ask two things of you from now till then. And it's not till like chapters 11, 12, right up in there. So you've got plenty of time. Pray for me. And pray for our two congregations. Pray that I'll have the wisdom and grace and humility to teach it without being offensive. I can't help that people might be offended with my position, but it doesn't mean I have to be an offense in the way I present it. And I truly do need your prayers because sometimes I'm a little cocky and I come off cocky. Thank you. <laughs> I needed a word. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I don't want to do that on these controversial topics. Um, and also, um, you know me. I don't care what side you're on. And I want everybody to feel that way, too. I want everybody to have the right to be wrong. <laughs> and I want you, thank you, yes. And I want you to give me the same right. Because, obviously, I think you're wrong if you're on the other side and you think I'm wrong. Well, I respect you for, for what side you're on, and I expect you to respect me for what side I'm on. What's that? I, I respect you for being wrong. You, yeah, respect me for being wrong. I respect you for being wrong, too. All right. Revelation 21. Let me catch you up where we've been in this chapter. The first lesson coincided with the Festival of Tabernacles, which really blew my mind. I didn't know that it did until I started doing some research. And I started you off in Amos chapter 9. And there's this mysterious passage that said, the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, will be rebuilt and basically last forever and all the people will be gathered under it. Tabernacle, and we looked up that word, the word tabernacle is a temporary shelter, like a, a, a tent or a lean-to or a hut. It's not intended to be permanent. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, that was the only place in the Bible where it looked like it was permanent. So it was the tabernacle of David that was fallen down that would be rebuilt and be permanent. So I researched that word tabernacle, and it amazed me that as soon as we get into the New Testament, so that was a prophecy, the tabernacle of David will be rebuilt and last forever. As soon as we get into the New Testament, the words were, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Why is he called the son of David as the very first opening to the New Testament? The tabernacle of David will be built up. First words of the New Testament, Jesus is the son of David. And I told you that the tabernacle concept in that passage had to do with the dynasty of David. Well, Jesus is the heir of David. And then the first words of John in the first chapter talks about Jesus being the son of God. So we know he's the son of David. We know he's the son of God. And then it says he dwelt among us. And that Greek word for dwelt was tabernacle. So he's the fulfillment of the prophecy. The tabernacle, David's dynasty was broken down, but it would be rebuilt and last forever under the kingship of Jesus. That took us into Revelation chapter 21, 
because we saw this in Revelation chapter 1. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. The word tabernacle is used in the English one time, and this word dwell is that same Greek word tabernacle from John that Jesus tabernacled amongst us. So that's our first lesson. In our second lesson of Revelation chapter 21, I talked about four new things we're going to have with the new heavens and the new earth. Four things. We'll have a new heaven. We'll have a new earth. That's two. We'll have a new Jerusalem. And we'll have God with us. And I talked about God being with us. And I previously talked about the new heaven. I've talked about the new earth. But I didn't talk about the new Jerusalem. I just mentioned it. So today's lesson is all about the new Jerusalem. But last week, I also mentioned there are four things in this future that we will not have. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. And then I closed with this thought that God invites everybody to be part of this future. And I delved into the, the Calvinism-Arminian debate because some people say, no, not everybody has a choice. There's some predestined for this future and some who are not. And I didn't go into all the Calvinism, Arminianism things because, as a friend of mine pointed out, their names aren't found in the Bible. But I did talk about the idea of predestination and free choice. And I made the point quite clearly that the Bible talks about both. And if you can't resolve that, that's not my problem. It's above our pay grade. The Bible says everyone has a choice. And the Bible says people are predestined. And so I read several verses about the choice. And one of them was this one. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So those were our first two lessons in Revelation chapter 21. And now we're going to look at the new Jerusalem. We're in verse 11. Verse 11 says this. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse 12. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and the names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. All right. 12 gates... And 12 angels at the gates. Why are there angels at the gates? Generally speaking, you put somebody at the gate who's not the highest of rank. Right? The gate man. The guy at Buckingham Palace. What's his job? To stand there and look pretty. That's his job. Now, in tradition, they guarded the gates. So maybe they're symbolically guarding the gates, but guarding from what? We're in heaven. Nothing needs to be guarded. So why are they there? I do not know. I have an opinion, and that's all it is. But as soon as you get to the New Jerusalem, the first thing you meet is an angel. And they're the gatemen. To show you how awesome and majestic the New Jerusalem is. That the gatekeepers are angels. Holy cow, remember, angels are up there in God's creation. They're magnificent, they're mighty, they're awesome. And they get to keep the door that you walk through. Wow. 
See, it's talking about the amazingness of the New Jerusalem with its, its precious stones and its glowingness and, and the angel is the footman, as it were, of the New Jerusalem. And then it says, these 12 gates, on them are the t- names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. I made a big point of this a couple weeks ago. I'll make this point again. God has not rejected his Jewish people. For eternity, those 12 gates will have the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. For goodness sakes, when people say God has rejected his people, they must not be reading the same book I'm reading. In fact, Paul specifically said, has God cast away his people? God forbid. I also am an Israelite, Paul said. So we've got the angels... One standing by each of the names of the 12 tribes, and you cannot enter the New Jerusalem without seeing those two things. An eternal memorial to God's 12 tribes. Verse 18, the city was pure gold. A city made of gold? But not just gold. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. So imagine seeing a city made out of gold encrusted with precious stones. Imagine the value of it. You know when the Holy of Holies was made in the temple, I told you the inside of the Holy of Holies was lined with gold. And I calculated by the weight of gold on today's market, it was around a billion dollars worth of gold in the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is just a little room, you know, just a couple feet wide. Five feet wide or whatever. It wasn't that big. Imagine an entire city made out of gold and encrusted with precious stones. Something interesting about the precious stones. Some of the, the gold, the, the stones that are mentioned, are also mentioned way back in Exodus, where the tabernacle and the temple and the priestly garments are being described. Some of those exact same stones are mentioned as being on the priest's garments. So the gold in the temple, the gold in heaven. The jewels on the high priest, the jewels in heaven. There's some sort of connection going on there. We do know that the temple was a type of heaven. By type, let me say a model of heaven. So we're seeing the fulfillment. Boy, talk about precious and amazing. Verse 21. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, and each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So not only is the city made out of gold, but the streets are made out of gold, and the gates are made out of pearls. Listen, pearls, rubies, diamonds, gems, and gold. Throughout all of human history, these have been the most valuable, sought after, and precious of things, and beautiful of things. Who wouldn't want a Fabergé egg designed and encrusted in gold and jewels? It's amazing. Gold blows my mind. You know, if you take a bar of steel and drop it into the ocean, the ocean's going to eat it. It'll corrode and it'll be gone in no time. You drop a bar of gold in there, you can go down a thousand years later, it won't even be touched. It'll be exactly the same as when you dropped it in there. Gold lasts forever. Gold is amazing. It's very precious. Jerusalem's going to be made out of it, out of the most precious of substances that lasts forever. And it's beautiful. It shines. It, never lo- it doesn't get tarnished. 
It just stays beautiful. So the idea is that this new Jerusalem is just, it's, it's beautiful, it's priceless, it's amazing, it's glorious. In fact, it's filled with God's glory. It's filled with gold, pearls, and precious stones. But God's glory surpasses them all. Verse 23. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Okay, so imagine a city encrusted in gold and jewels with the light of God reflecting off of that. How many of you have ever been into a jewelry store and they have those special lights that shine on the diamond rings to make them look real sparkly? They look really good in there, don't they? And then you take them out and they don't look nearly as good, but they still look good, but not that good. You've got to walk around with a, ring, you know, a light on it. What's God's light like? I'm thinking it's going to be better than those little lights in the jewelry shop. And the whole city's going to be just sparkling, shining. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like. Our eyes are dim. Even at the height of our 2020 vision, our eyes are dim. Imagine having the immortal eyes to see the light of God shining off the eternal city. Wow, it's going to be beautiful. The city had no need of a sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. It has God's glory and it has the glory of the saints from all nations. Verse 24. And the, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Okay, the word glory is used in verse 23 of God's illumination, and it's used in verse 24 about the honor of kings. So I thought I should give a quick lesson on what the word glory means. Um, from the Bible dictionary. Splendor, brightness, majesty, honor. A good opinion resulting in praise and honor. So on the one hand, it means brightness, actually the radiance. And on the other hand, it means honor. Those aren't the same thing. But if you think about it, they go together. Because who is the most honorable of all beings in the universe? God. And what does God do? He radiates brightness. So if you have a reflection of his glory, you're honorable. That's kind of, in my mind, how they go together. Furthermore... Even though I believe the honor of the kings is what the glory is speaking about there primarily, not solely. Do you remember when Moses went up to the mountain? He was with God for 40 days. And he came back down. And the Bible says the children of Israel could not look at him because his face was radiating God's glory. So he had to actually cover his face in order to have meetings with the leaders in Israel. That was just a human mortal person who has been in God's shielded presence for 40 days. Imagine what they're going to shine like when they come into the New Jerusalem. We're going to be like lasers, all of us. It's going to be amazing. All right, so the New Jerusalem is described in three ways. It's beautiful, it's glorious, and of course it's holy. Revelation 21, 25. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. So if they're not going to be shut by day and there's going to be no night there, it means the gates are never shut. What are gates for? Gates are to protect a city. Heaven doesn't need to be protected, so they're symbolic. 
They're the place where the angels stand. They're the place where the children of Israel, the 12 tribes are mentioned. They're the place you come and go from. But they never need to shut the gates. Two things that it mentions here. The gates shall not be shut because it's full of peace. And it says there shall be no night there. God, every time he shows up in the Bible, he's radiating light. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So if God is light and he lives with us, tabernacles amongst us, in the New Jerusalem, how can there be night? There can't be. Even if the entire sun was turned off, God's light will light up the place. In fact, it says of God in 1 Timothy, he alone is immortal. He lives in the light that no one can approach. Well, yeah, that, that was true when Paul wrote it. But that won't be true in the New Jerusalem. So the New Jerusalem is beautiful, it's priceless, it's amazing, and it's forever filled with God's radiance, peace, and honor. And now Revelation gives us the flip side. The character of the new Jerusalem is stated by giving us its opposite. Verse 27. But nothing that is impure will enter the city, nor anyone who does shameful things or tells lies. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life or the Lamb's book of the living will enter the city. So nothing that is impure will enter it. For example, those who do shameful things, those who tell lies. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you believe in Jesus, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. But it says those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life don't do shameful things or tell lies. Well, my name is in the book of life, but I do do shameful things. And I do tell lies. So something's wrong. I've heard it best explained this way. I have been redeemed. Jesus died for my sins. I am being redeemed. And I will be redeemed. He's not done with me yet. By the time I enter the new Jerusalem, he'll be done with me. I'll be perfect. Because of him, not because of me. Remember that passage that says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He hasn't completed it yet. Have you ever heard that saying, practice makes perfect? See, I believe we become what we practice. So we're not there yet, but don't you think we should be practicing? We should be improving. I didn't tell you this at the beginning of my sermon, and I should have. But when I studied chapter 21, it reminded me of juggling. Because practice makes perfect. Now, I figured I might as well, since it reminded me of juggling, give you a juggling lesson. <laughs> so this is how you learn how to juggle. You take a ball, and you do this. And you have to do over and over. And by the way, if you want to learn how to juggle, get beanbags. They work better. 
until you're really comfortable doing it and you're really good at it. In fact, the good jugglers don't even have to look at it hitting their hand anymore. They just, they're good at it. Then after you got this thing down, ready for the next step? <laughs> Which is harder on your offhand, because if you're not a lefty, you're not used to doing this. When you get that down, takes practice, especially if you've never played ball or anything. So after you get this down, then you move on to the next step. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But you got to practice, because that's hard to do. In fact, I quit because I knew I was going to mess up if I did it any longer. I'm not good at it, but it takes a lot of practice. Ah, see? And what is it? If I want to get good at something, I have to keep doing it. Practice, 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 because practice makes perfect. Well, perfect practice makes perfect. And if we want to be perfect in the Lord, we have to practice. How do you practice being perfect in God? You catch yourself telling a lie? Bust yourself and make it right. Go and tell the person, I fibbed. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Don't let me do that again. Maybe um, you're the kind of guy that likes the pens at work, so you take them home. You know you're not supposed to. Oh, it's just a pen. So go out and buy one then if it's just a pen. But you take it. Stop taking it. I think if you stop taking the pens, you're kind of like this. On your track to perfection, that's not such a big thing. But it's practice. Then you work your way up to bigger things, like I'm not going to have my friend clock in for me anymore because that's a dishonest. That's immoral. Oh, you're stepping it up. You're trying to be honest. Then you get to the bigger things. I was watching Matthew West. I went to the concert at Pantano on Thursday night, I think it was. It was an amazing concert. And a lot of his songs really touched me. That's why I went to his concert. I like him. I like his songs. They minister to me. I took the K-Love Challenge. You ever heard of that? Just listen to Christian radio for one month. It'll change your life. Man, I'm already a believer. I don't need my life changed. I did it. I don't like listening to secular music anymore. I'm almost always on the Christian channels now. There's three. So if there's one I don't like, I just move over to the next one. But anyway, one of the reasons I like Matthew West is because a lot of his songs are born from the true testimonies of people. How God has worked in people's lives and taken them out of the, the mud and set them up on high. He read, you ready for this? 40,000 testimonies. And from these testimonies come some of his songs. Up on the screen, he gave us one of the stories. It was a woman, and she said, a man killed my daughter. And then on the video, on another location, it showed the man. I hated him. Just like that, I hated him. I didn't want to see that guy on the screen. Evil, daughter-murdering scum. Ooh, how can you like somebody like that? Wanted to wring his neck. And then she said, but I needed to forgive him. I'm like, I wouldn't forgive him. You kidding me? Murder my kids? No. And then she said, I did, and I felt free. And it showed them hugging. I was like, oh! I even whispered over to Deanne, isn't that weird? And this guy got saved. 
And now he teaches about the grace of God wherever he goes, and she teaches about the grace of God wherever she goes. That's some advanced stuff with them right there. They can really do it. They got it down. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Maybe with the balls, but not with the forgiveness. I'm practicing. I'm working my way to the New Jerusalem, but mm, I'm... Ugh. But then it struck me right there at the concert. We killed God's son. And he forgave us. Oh. Wow. Aristotle, one of the smartest men in human history, said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Let me tweak Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Godliness, then, is not an act, but a habit. I just want you to practice. I'm practicing. I'm not there yet. None of us are. But we've got to aim for the prize. We are already citizens of the New Jerusalem. We've got our papers. It's not even a green card. It's citizenship papers. So it makes sense we should start acting like citizens of the New Jerusalem. And we won't get it right right away. We'll get better and better day by day. That's the plan. Second Corinthians, and I'll close with this, says, we pray to God that you'll do no wrong. Not in order to show that we're a success, but so that you may do what is right, even though we may seem to be failures. For we cannot do a thing against the truth, but only for it. And we're glad when we are weak, but you are strong. And so we also pray that you will become perfect. Please join me in prayer. Lord God, you've shown us that the standard is impossibly high. But you've also told us that he who has begun a good work in us will be faithful to, to complete it. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray for myself and for those who are listening in who will agree with me in prayer that you would do that good work in us. And if we're one ball jugglers, you get us up to two. And if we're two ball jugglers, you get us up to three. Help us to be like Jesus in every way. Loving, forgiving, patient, kind, godly, strong. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Now let me ask you a question. And you don't have to raise your hand. But have you given your life to Jesus? Have you made a commitment to follow him? I don't mean this kind of commitment. This has to do with people who are already with him. But when you're outside of Jesus, you're either in or you're out. There's no halfway. But I've seen a lot of people who kind of have one foot in and one foot out. Scripture says you should love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind and strength. 
there was a guy with a lot of money who came to Jesus and he says, man, I'm, I'm following the scriptures, but something's missing. What am I doing wrong? I want to get right with God. And Jesus told him, knowing he was rich and knowing that he loved his money. See, there are rich people who love their money and there's rich people who don't. So Jesus knew what button to press. And he said, go sell all that you have Give it to the poor, then come and be my disciple. You want to know what you're lacking? You're lacking that you love money more than you love God. And you're lacking that you love people less than you love money. Sell all that you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me, then you'll be fine. Scripture says he went away sorrowful. Because he knew he wouldn't do it. He couldn't do it. The scripture doesn't say Jesus said, oh, I'll take you anyway. Jesus wouldn't take him. Jesus doesn't take half disciples. He told his disciples, if a person won't take up his cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. So my encouragement for those of you who like Jesus, but you're not all in, you haven't fully committed to him, I'd like to encourage you to do that now. Say a prayer in your heart, something like this. Lord, I believe in Jesus. I do. I know he died for my sins and rose again, but I have not been following him. I have not been obedient to him. I have not been all in. But I'd like to change that now. I commit myself to you forever. Please help me to follow you well. Thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name I pray. Amen. If you made that prayer this morning on your visitor card, whether you're a visitor or not, please fill that out. Let us know. One of our pastors or deacons will get in touch with you and we'll help you on a discipleship program. And then we'll talk about baptism. God bless.